Welcome back to Weekly Specials. I'm Will Gadara, your host, and we're excited to have you listening. The restaurant and hospitality industry have been hit incredibly hard over the past months. I mean, things have been pretty challenging, even as some states begin to open back up. And so we're here to hopefully bring a little inspiration by sharing voices, creating discussion, and telling stories. Along the way, maybe it will give you some hope, a moment to reflect, or even bring some laughter to your day. We're also gonna be digging into some more uncomfortable conversations in an effort to make us think and to challenge ourselves on how we can be better, such that as we rebuild our industry, it's a better one than the one we set out to rebuild in the first place. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts, so subscribe and join us for this ride. We have a great show lined up, so let's get right into it. It's the weekly specials. Weekly specials. Good news coming at you. The weekly specials. Okay, I'm so excited for this, which is the first of our new segment. This really happened. It's really happened. It ain't no lie. It's really happened. You can't deny it's really happened. Really happened. It really did. It's really happened. So here it is. I mean, here's the thing about working in restaurants and hospitality. We have... (laughs) we have some hilarious nights. We have some hilarious things that happen to us, good, bad, and everything in between. And as I was saying a moment ago, in restaurants, we're collectors. We collect friends, we collect guests, and we collect memories. And with those memories are stories that in many cases we find ourselves telling again and again and again. Oftentimes, they get better every time we tell them. And so here we are getting together some extraordinary people from all across America in hospitality to share some of those stories with us today. I'm excited to welcome uh, a 2019 Welcome Conference speaker, Gary Obligacion, uh, someone I've known for a long time and consider a great friend. His career has brought him all over the country, including some pretty nice places like Vail, Carmel, and Monterey. For a long time, I was convinced that he was the one person in hospitality that had had it all figured out. He lived in all of the most beautiful places in America. But it was during his time in Chicago, where he was the director of operations for the Alinea Group, that he and I really bonded. Today, he is the general manager of one of the most beautiful resorts in the world, the Post Ranch Inn, located in Big Sur, California. Just take a look at his Instagram account. You'll be very, very jealous of his office view. Gary, welcome. Thanks for joining me today. Man, it's a, it's a serious honor to be here. And it's always fun just to get together and talk. And thank you for the opportunity. Yeah. Absolutely, man. So so here we are to hear... I mean, listen, I, one of the hardest parts of this is you have a lot of really good stories. And so the the goal is to pick one. And we just want to hear one of your great stories of hospitality. Absolutely. Well, you, you asked me this, and, and I, I went back to, um, well, you start thinking of what stories make sense and what stories are compelling and what stories uh, uh, do I want to retell. And this is actually one I haven't told a lot of times. 
Uh, this is the the single worst night of service I think I've ever been a part of. And it, it was me as, as a server. It was before I was in management and it just a, a whole different world. So, so for a bit of background, let, let's set the stage. So this is uh, in, in a luxury hotel. This is luxury hospitality, but it was me in, in a hotel um, through the holidays. So if you are in a five-star, five-diamond hotel like this one was, you have a variety of different outlets. You've got your fine dining outlet, which is normally dinner only, seven nights a week. Uh, you've got banquets, which is its own animal. And obviously that's where the cash cow is, but that's where really the big banquets, thousand person, you know, ballroom and so forth. Yeah, for sure. And then you've got the three mill. The three mill restaurant was where I was serving at the time. And this was uh, the precursor to me going into management was for that reason. Wait, so uh, tell me, how, how old are you in this story? Uh, I was in my late 20s. Okay. So now 53, but this was uh, 27, 26 years ago, 27 years ago. And not, and not to reveal anything, but what city are we in? Well, San Francisco. Okay. San Francisco, late 20s, Gary O. All right, go back. <laughs> go on. So in through the holidays, what happens in these big hotels is you have three different things that go on. In, in the ballrooms, they do the giant buffets. You know, you're going to have the carving stations. You're going to have the turkey, the prime ribs, whole families, 12 tops. It's that environment. And they just do covers, beyond covers, beyond covers. In the dining room, in the, in the fine dining outlet, things really don't change. They do the same kind of structured tasting menu, and they do things as they normally would. The three meal is the one that flips and really changes concept. For breakfast, they're going to do the normal breakfast because they have to. Lunch will be something abbreviated because they got to get people out. And then dinner, uh, we would do a tasting menu format because that's what you're supposed to do. And there would normally be some kind of selections, but you're locking people into number of courses that you normally wouldn't do. So it's, it's an exercise in doing stuff you normally don't have to. So it's, it's always scary. <laughs> hey, I just want to say real quick, the car, um, one of the things I'm most scared about post-COVID is the disappearance of the carving station for oh, some measure. Of, <laughs> I, I mean, I love a good carving station. Oh, the prime rib. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sorry, sorry, go on. Oh, no worries. So the, you, we had Thanksgiving and, and you tee up for it and you're like, okay, everybody get ready, here we go. And we were all nervous about what it would be, and we pulled it off. It was awesome. And we, we had this moment where we, everyone was a little nervous, but the, the kitchen did their part. The front of house did theirs. Everything was seated properly. It went smoothly. We're like, okay, Thanksgiving's over. There's a couple lessons to learn. Let's tee up for Christmas Eve. So we're ramping up because we know that now this is the Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve, one, Christmas Day, one-two punch. Yes. Both days are monster. It's busy during the day. It's busy at night. It really doesn't matter. So you're hammered for both those. But you're feeling good. Your crew, you guys just crushed Thanksgiving. You're in a good place. Thanksgiving, we're feeling pretty confident. So we we do it and and same thing, Christmas Eve. Christmas, the day goes great. Everyone takes a break. We reset. Dinner happens. Smooth. It's like, oh yeah, we're all patting ourselves on the back. High fives. Awesome. Christmas day. The same thing happens. We're like, okay, we got this, right? <laughs> and now we're teed up. Here comes New Year's Eve, right? So we're all confident because we've done this not just once, but call it five services. When you count Thanksgiving dinner, lunch on Christmas Eve, dinner on Christmas Eve, lunch on Christmas Day, dinner on Christmas Day. Yes. So going into New Year's Eve, we all show up for work thinking, oh, we got this. No big deal. We walk in and our dining room is gone. 
When I say that, it's that the, the management had decided what a cool idea to turn what is normally the restaurant into a dance floor. And we're taking <laughs> all the tables away. Everything we knew was out. And there was this courtyard that had a tent structure over it. And they put all of our tables in there. Right? Except not storage. They were set up ready Except for service in the tent. Move into this space. So they handed out these maps of the room, right? New table numbers, new orders. So we've done this five things. Now we're standing here getting ready for servers and we're turning the map over trying to figure out what's where. We don't even know. There's no heads up. You didn't know this until the moment you walked in for service. Nope. (laughs) And what time? So you walk in at what time? What time does service start? Let's call it three o'clock. Yeah, for five, or six o'clock doors, right? So we're walking in. In addition, the chef comes out and says, so we have a new idea for how we're going to fire food tonight. We're like, what? He says, yeah, well, we, we noticed that there could have been a better way. So we're going to wait until we get your ticket. And then we're going to fire the apps and or dinner. Like, had this new system. I can't remember what it was, but a total change from what we had proven went right. We go to doors, right? First customers start coming in. I'm a waiter. I go to my first table. And it's, let's call it a six top, Right. Actually, it's a seven top. Actually, I picture it. It's a seven top. It's three, three, and one. So I'm greeting my table and I'm trying, I'm taking my order. I'm at, call it P1, right? P1, P2, P3, P4. In order to get to P5 on that table, I had to walk around three other tables to get to this person because of the way they had packed these tables in and the seats. So I couldn't literally just get to the next seat without walking around three other parties. So I'm just trying to get my order. As I'm trying to get the order, I'm sat. And then I'm sat again. And then I'm sat again, as I'm taking my initial order. Okay, anyone who's listening to this that has not waited tables cannot fully relate to the panic that I'm feeling listening to this story. When you're taking an order and you're sat, okay, you look over, you see that table. You're like, okay, I got this. But the moment you're double sat while you're still taking an order on the table that just sat down. Yeah. Okay, it's sorry. Catastrophic. <laughs> it's so catastrophic. I'm, I'm trying to take my order and I'm like, okay, I, I, I can figure this out. I can do this. So I, I, I finally get my order. I try and greet my three other tables that have just gotten sat. And I still haven't put in my initial order. Of course, those new tables now want to talk to me about the menu and ta- ask questions. The hardest part of service is the greet, right? Yes. It's the most time consuming, right? Because that's our time to one, set the stage. This is what your night's going to be. I'm going to be in charge. I'm going to make sure we have a great time together all night long. But if I don't give it that time, then now I've set the stage improperly or we're off on the wrong foot or something goes wrong. Yes. So I try and greet those next three tables because I have a six table section Forum got sat inside of three minutes, you know. And was every server experiencing this, or did you just get? <laughs> not alone. <laughs> okay. I was not alone. So, so now we're all doing the same thing. We are all trying to figure out what's where. We're we're all scrambling to use the couple of POS systems, which, by the way, are not in what is our dining room now. They're back in what used to be our dining room. So we're going yes. to leave this makeshift dining room to go inside, stand in line, go to what normally would be working workstations to put in our orders. 
to, for this ticket to go in the, into the kitchen. Oh, they had not properly vetted how this new ticketing system was going to print in the kitchen. So, <laughs> so partial tickets are showing up over here. Partial tickets are showing up over there. The chef's trying to figure out what order is coming in. He's starting to just send food after a while because he doesn't know what's going on and just figures I'll wing it. I don't know where that came from, but food just starts coming out of the kitchen. Yes. Um, it starts arriving in different areas in the dining room at random pacing. So this is our first seating. We finally get food onto tables. What's supposed to be, let's call it for the first turn, an hour and a half takes easily two and a half hours, right? So and this is New Year's Eve where you need to get people down in time for that. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I've been there as well, by the way. So the, the, the second turn goes substantially worse only because we, we don't have empty tables when we need them. People are backed up. The seating is still in the same areas, but we can't get people up. We're trying to get people down. There's people lined up. By the time the, the let's call it 11.15 rolls around, people are starting to raise their hand in our sections, trying to order champagne. And we can't get to them because they're still trying to get appetizers out. And so people are upset they can't get champagne. Then the managers decide they want to try and get champagne glasses out to appease people. It's 1130, 45. We hear Happy New Year someplace else in the hotel. Like, we don't have champagne out. It's so bad, right? Guy calls me over, one guy, and I remember he says, this is the worst New Year's Eve I've ever had. He says, it has nothing to do with you. Says, I can see what's going on. It has nothing to do with you. Says, where's the manager? And we look over, and the manager of the outlet is standing in, at one end of the restaurant. And there is, I'm not kidding, a line of people waiting their turn to scream at this man. A line of guests. A line of guests. <laughs> waiting patiently for their chance to light him up. <laughs> and it was just... I'm embarrassed. I'm appalled. It's that waiter's nightmare that you have. Like we all have that dream in service where you were so overwhelmed and you can't catch up. And that was this whole night come to life. It was real. And I didn't think it was possible. And, and what it taught me, and then the reason this story came up is it taught me so many things, right? One, if you've got a plan that works, use it. Yes. Right. That, that became one important thing. Two, if you, know going in that certain things are going to go poorly, then avoid them, right? And if you don't give your team enough notice to respond to changes in the system, then they're not going to know how to use the new system. So yes. training is important. Being proactive is important. Planning is important. All these things. Um, I've, I've used this thing before, the, the non-renewable resources time. And, and you have to figure out when to give information and your team enough time to respond to things you're giving them. That New Year's Eve is gone, right? And, and I try not to think about it. And even when I started thinking of it for this conversation, I, I may break out in the hives from it. <laughs> but, but the lessons I never forgot, right? I never wanted to, one, be that manager. Yeah. Heat up and waiting for people to, like, they wanted to punch him. They didn't but they wanted to, 
Yes. And I remember looking at this man, he was fairly, he was fair complected. He was bright red, right? The whole night, his, all the blood had gone up and he couldn't say anything besides to say, I'm sorry, uh, this dinner's on us. Um, and he comped out, I don't know, so, how many tens of thousands of dollars versus what he was supposed to make that night. It all went to comp. Um, all these people got all kinds of credits from the hotel and requests to come back and stay at a later date. It was just, it was bad. And there was no damage control possible that will ever get that New Year's Eve back for any of these guests. Um, and you know, it, it's, it's so funny, man. Like, A, I think it's part of our nature as restaurant people that oftentimes the stories that burn the most uh, strongly into our brains are the worst ones, right? Like, it's actually something I've been trying to work on is when you walk into a dining room, I always see what's wrong before I have the capacity to see what's right. And the memory works in the same way. Like, all right, let me think about, oh, that was a rough one. Oh, that was a rough one. Oh. And it takes you a minute to get to the good ones. But I think in addition to that, it is interesting. My dad would always say to me when I was coming up, hey, you're going to work for good managers and you're going to work for bad managers. You're going to have good experiences and you're going to have bad experiences. And just remember that you can learn as much from the bad managers and the bad experiences as you can from the good ones. Because learning what you don't want to do is arguably just as, if not more important than learning what you do want to do. Absolutely. The way, the way I was taught is that, uh, honest, you, you can actually sometimes learn lessons uh, from bad things that you can't get taught otherwise. And the reasoning for that is you can get, things can go right on accident, right? Th things can just, uh, uh, and, and you're not sure why it went right. And you can believe your own hype. You're like, oh, we're all great. We're all good. And you're not sure why. When things go wrong, you can identify oftentimes there it is or yes. these things and this is what compounded and you make adjustments when things are going right you don't make adjustments because you assume it's all right yes yeah. yeah and i love that your first lesson which is it's not like when you're an nba team you go into like the biggest game of the year and you change everything right before that game <laughs> That's when you lean into the things you're good at. And you just stay on the. <laughs> oh, and, and to be there, and to, it was so funny to sit there with a map of the dining room, dining room, right? And yes. we're all like trying to figure out where we were. Like we couldn't even understand which way was up. And that's a bad place to start the night. I mean, and, and that's, we all have rituals. And, and especially in hospitality, those rituals are key because we, we, we put on our armor, some people call it, or you get in the zone, right? And, and the reality is we're in this empathetic environment where we have to prepare ourselves to give, right? So that we're able to give of ourselves to those guests. And we have to get to that comfortable, quiet spot where we can do that, right? Where we can, okay, I know what high school I went to. I know my name. I know yeah. my, my menu, like all the stuff. So all the knowledge is there. Now, calm, zen, like let's prepare. And then the guests can come in, you can do whatever. And, and you're able to vamp because you're in your comfort zone. And doing pop-ups is one of those challenges where you're trying to figure out, okay, where is our comfort zone in this new environment? Where's our comfort zone in this new type of service that we're not used to executing? And you latch on to those things that you know. In this case, everything we knew was taken away. 
we were giving everything brand new. So there was no capacity to give to the guests. There was no Zen possible. Yeah. I think it's a relevant story right now too, because with so many people getting ready to reopen, people don't have the choice to not change a lot of stuff, right? Like there was no reason to move the dining room outside that night, but now everyone's going to have to start moving their dining rooms outside. (laughs) (laughs) That being said, just taking time and communicating and letting the team know what they're going to walk into before they walk in. It's, it's probably one of the most important things people can remember going into this next season in our world. I think you're absolutely right. And it's, it's making sure that, that we're there to give our, our teams a hug, virtual or otherwise. And so they understand that we're there for them and that you, you give them a place that's safe place, that where they know they are taken care of so they can make others feel taken care of. I think the one other lesson that I'm hearing from this story is, guess what? The restaurant was still there. <laughs> it's true. Do you know what I mean? And I think a lot of people are going to have a lot of really tough services over the f- next few months, next six months even. And I think hearing that even after one of the hardest nights of your entire career, the next day when you went into work, it was still there. Yeah. Every day we have an opportunity to rewrite how things are going to be. I was Hamilton was just released. Uh, as a movie, obviously, and everybody's been watching it and streaming it and doing whatever they're doing to get a, a piece of it. When I was with the Alinea group, we were lucky enough to do a creative closure and we brought the cast of Hamilton in to, to help us, to help inspire us. And it was really fun. And one of the stories they told was things go wrong all the time during performances, you know, where they'll forget a, a verse or a line or somebody will miss a cue or things go wrong. And, and the reality was that when you have your nighttime performance, they don't care what happened at the matinee. Yeah. They have no attachment to it and it doesn't concern them and that's just fine. And so as actors, as performers, they knew that, okay, something went wrong in the matinee, we're gonna be a curtain for the nighttime performance, be prepared. And hospitality is the same thing. The guest who's walking in the door really doesn't, they're not worried about the wine that was spilled at the table over there. Right? That doesn't concern them. They didn't see it. They don't know about it. Don't need to. Right? Yeah. Their experience starts right here. And our job is to make sure that from this point and forward, we're taking care of gary I love you, man. <laughs> I love you, too. Thank you for that story and for the lessons that came out of it. I'm really happy to get some time with you. Thank you for tuning in and hope you'll join us again next week on Weekly Specials. The show is produced by the team at the Welcome Conference and our production partners at Resi. And thank you to our longtime partners at American Express and Sam Pellegrino for their unwavering support. During a time when we're not able to come together in person, their support allows us to connect with you here. Want to stay in touch or learn more? Visit us at welcomeconference.org or on Instagram at welcomeconference. It's the weekly specials. Doo, doo, doodle, doo. Weekly specials. Good news coming at you. The weekly specials.